This is Dennis Ramundi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg, our podcast and YouTube channel, Spirit Matters, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. If you go to YouTube, uh, just put in Spirit Matters Talk and we'll pop up so you can now see us. Uh, I want to thank everybody out there that's contributed to help keep us on the air. Uh, if you want to be part of that, you can go to spiritmatterstalk.com and all the information will be available. Uh, and we ask you, but whether you're listening uh, or at the YouTube channel, uh, please hit subscribe. Uh, and uh, remember that we have about 300 shows in our archives, which we plan to always uh, keep free and available to everyone at any time. So uh, our guest today, another great guest, Jason Gardner. He is the executive director, executive editor at New World Library, a San Francisco Bay Area publisher where he has worked for 25 years. He acquires books on spirituality, philosophy, personal growth, psychology, parenting, and nature environment. Uh, they publish for some of the great authors in that area, and we'll get into that in the interview today. Jason, thank you so very much for taking the time to come on today, and thank you for the, the great work you're doing in publishing. Oh, well, thanks. Now, I'm really happy to be with you guys. And we've had a number of New World Library authors on the show, and we have some booked for the future. And uh, so we're very happy to, to hear from you because uh, New World has become a force in contemporary spirituality. Um, Jason, why don't we begin, as we usually do, with you telling us uh, and our listeners something about your own spiritual background and what brought you to uh wanting to work uh, with the kind of authors you do. Yeah, well, you know, I, uh, I would say the spiritual, spirituality is not really the part that drew me fully to book publishing. I sort of was drawn to book publishing first, but I had spiritual curiosity. I, I uh, uh, was drawn to Buddhism in college, and, and, uh, but I'd say that my, my real sort of passion was around the environment. I, I worked, I did some work as an environmental journalist, uh, um, but I also worked with a literary agent and as a bookseller. And those are the, the things that sort of drew me into book publishing. Um, but, you know, I always had a curiosity around these things and I've done some meditation um, sort of casually. Um, and I like reading spiritual books, but I, you know, as opposed to some, Editors I know in this realm, I don't have, uh, you know, I don't, I don't go to a lot of retreats or workshops. And I actually think that that, you know, I, I come to this as a reader and someone uh, who is interested in these things. And so, you know, I, I often think that it, it's a, a easier for me to approach these books when I'm editing from a, you know, a beginner's mind of not really knowing things about various paths and really trying to, you know, learn what I can. And, you know, our goal is always to make these topics as accessible as possible. So that's, um, you know, sort of that. So that's my background. I, you know, I, I was an English major and I have a master's in journalism. I did, you know, journalism. So the editing part of it was always, um, you know, at the forefront, but I, then I worked the, Literary, the bookstore I worked at and the literary agent I worked at, worked with, um, were very focused on uh, spiritual books. And so I, you know, kind of was drawn in that way. Uh, Jason, I'm curious. Uh, I'm not as familiar as a 
uh, uh, Phil even would be in, in terms of publishing and how that goes. And uh, you have some amazing people that you, 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 you publish, like Eckhart Tolle, uh, Deepak Chopra, uh, Dan Millman, uh, to name a few. Uh, are you the initial contact with those people? And what, why does one author choose uh, your pub a publishing house over another publisher? What is it that you uh, present to them uh, that would make them want to go with you? Yeah, so I am, I'm, you know, my position, I'm an acquisitions editor, and there are three of us at, at New World who, who acquire books, including our publisher, Mark Allen, and Georgia Hughes, our editorial director, and, and me. Um, so yeah, I'm the person who I, I get proposals from agents and authors, and, uh, you know, so I read proposals, I take them to our acquisitions committee, I, I end up being sort of the the proponent for the book and the point person for the author and agent throughout the whole editing, the whole publication process. Uh, so, you know, um, whether that's, you know, whether I'm dealing with uh, the, the marketing aspect of it, I, I also am pitching the book to our sales and marketing uh, people with our distributor. Um, and so I'm, I'm really the advocate for the, for the book and, and the author. Um, you know, for, for us, we're, we're an independent publisher. We've been around since 1977. Uh, Mark Allen and, and Shakti Gawain were the founders of the company with the uh, book uh, Creative Visualization. And so, you know, we've been an independent publisher all this time. A lot of publishers that, that uh, came up around the same time in the Bay Area in the 70s have been, you know, scooped up by the big, uh, big houses, which are basically starting to become just one big house, which is mm -hmm. Penguin Random House. Um, and so we've, we've managed to stay, you know, a, a vibrant independent publisher. Um, you know, we're distributed by Publishers Group West, which is uh, now part of Ingram, but, you know, they're, they're a historically one of the, the biggest and, and best distributors of independent publishers. But, but if I could ask, uh, yeah. if somebody uh, says, look, I, I'm open to coming with you, but I could go with Penguin or I could right. go with the small. What, what do you tell them? Yeah, so that's a very frequent situation we're in. I mean, and typically because we are an independent publisher, we don't have the deep corporate pockets for, right. to pay huge advances. And so, you know, what, what we offer is a much more sort of intimate experience. I mean, because we uh, are independent, we have to each book is sort of more important. Uh, the success of each book is more important. Um, you know, the, the big houses, they pay a big advance. If, if the book doesn't work right away, they have to move on to the next book out of a necessity. Um, so we, we try to stay, stay with our books longer doing, you know, in the publicity and marketing. Um, and ultimately what we're really hoping is that we can form a long partnership with an author. I mean, that's, that's, that's the most fun is when we can, you know, uh, do multiple books and, you know, develop sort of a sustainable publishing path with an author. Um, you know, so that's, uh, that Mark, our, our publisher, Mark Allen likes to talk about, uh, you know, forming a partnership and that's what we really try to offer. As, mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it, it is a, and, you know, we've all been, you know, New World Library is a, a great company to work for, and we've all been here for a long time. Um, you know, you, you often I, I work with authors all the time who have been, you know, 
published by the big houses. They're in the middle of the, the process. The editor leaves and they end up with another editor. I mean, I almost hear that with almost every single uh, author I work with. Phil, it's probably happened to you. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. So, you know, that's that sort of stability and, and intimate experiences. Really what we in fact, uh, it happened just last week. Uh, <laughs> a publisher in India wanted to uh, look into the rights to American Veda. And it was 10 years ago that it was published. And I had no idea who at Penguin Random House to contact because everybody that I knew was gone. And yep. Penguin didn't, wasn't part of it then. And, you know, it, 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 that's the way it is. But right. anyway, uh, since you, you brought up the origin story of New World, and I'd, I'd like you, if you could, to, to say a little bit more about that, because it, one of the reasons I thought it would be great to have you on is the history of New World parallels sort of contemporary spirituality. Uh, you know, so yeah. in the 1970s, there were very few publishers publishing the kind of books you do. One of them was Jeremy Tarcher, who was a very right. close friend of mine and published one of my early books, but that was not till the 80s. And so uh, uh, that you've remained independent and went from, you know, a, a tiny little operation publishing Shakti Gawain uh, to uh, having a, 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 a backlist of considerably good books and good authors. That's a, it's an interesting story in itself. So tell us a little bit about those origins and, and where it was when you came along. Yeah, so, um, it, you know, it is, it is a, an interesting um, path. And, you know, it, it's, it, it, uh, you know, Jeremy Tarcher, who, who definitely was a mentor of Marx in some ways, um, you know, he learned a lot from Jeremy and, uh, you know, Phil Wood at 10 Speed Press and uh, Louise Hay at Hay House. Those are all sort of similar uh, you know, publishers and, and figures who um, came up around the same time. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it does go to Mark's sort of vision for wanting this to be a, uh, uh, an ongoing independent uh, entity and, you know, really taking care of his, his employees and taking care of his authors. Um, you know, I think what we've, we've been really lucky to have are, you know, several big bestsellers that have been huge backlist. Um, that is, you know, that has been a, a big, uh, you know, so it was first, it was creative visualization and that, you know, would have sold millions of copies. And, um, and then, in you know, through various permutations, I mean, Mark worked with Shakti for a long time. Shakti went off and, and uh, formed Nataraj Publishing, which then was folded back into New World Library. Um, but in, in the mid nineties, that's when, um, published, uh, co-published with, with Amber Allen press was, uh, seven spiritual laws of success by Deepak Chopra. And that was another huge bestseller that, and that's when I, I, around the time I came on, I, I joined new world library in 1996. Um, so, you know, through, through sometimes we've acquired other publishers, we've formed partnerships with other publishers, um, H.J. Uh, Kramer was uh, the publisher of Way of the Peaceful Warrior. We formed a partnership with them where we published Dan Millman's books and, and some other Diet for a New America by John Robbins. 
Um, and now, now that, uh, as the Kramers have passed away, now H.J. Uh, Kramer is part of New World Library as well. So we, we do, yeah, Way of the Peaceful Warrior, some of Dan's other books, uh, Life You Were Born to Live, um, and actually just coming out with Dan Millman's memoir uh, very soon is going to the printer on Friday. Um, so I've been Dan's editor uh, for many of those books, uh, the more recent ones. Um, then another, another thing that happened, I, I formed a, a partnership with the Joseph Campbell Foundation um, with Bob Walter, the executive director. And we, this was you know, about over 20 years ago that we started working with them to bring, uh, initially to bring some books that had gone out of print back into print. And then, then we ended up uh, bringing in some new titles that were, you know, compilations of Campbell's lectures. And now we've also brought in other books uh, that were published elsewhere. And and uh, uh, the Campbell Foundation was able to get the rights back and bring them into the collected works of Joseph Campbell. And so, you know, we've done, I don't know, I, I don't know the full title, maybe 13, 14 books. And that includes uh, the Hero of the Thousand Faces, which has also become another, you know, it's an absolute classic and it's another bestseller that we have in our backlist. Um, so, you know, that I think working with the Campbell Foundation is a good example of the kind of model that we try to try to have of, of really having a partnership, um, you know, where we can have a, a sustainable path to to publish a lot of books together and really you know, market and and uh, promote in, in partnership with a, with an author or in the case of the Campbell Foundation. So can I follow up, Dennis? Um, two things, Jason. One, um, you mentioned Deepak's uh, seven spiritual laws of success. Did yeah. I get that right? That's right. Yeah. Very good. Um, <laughs> now, at that, at that time, Deepak was already very famous right and had had bestsellers right um so how did why would he have gone with a, a small uh, partnership arrangement like you had yeah. when uh he could have you know his editors at harmony would have given him a lot of money for that that's one question and the yeah. the author the new world author who you ha haven't mentioned yet is Eckhart Tolle Oh, of so course. Tell us yes. how that yeah. happened. And right. Yeah. So, okay. Well, first, um, yes, Eckhart is the thing that the next one that took us to the next level. Um, so uh, why did Deepak go with us? This was, uh, it was really Janet Mills, who uh, was, is the founder of Amber Allen Press, which began as an imprint of New World Library. Um, and, you know, I, I, this is really sort of Mark Allen empowering his employees to go out and, and do things. And she, uh, you know, she found a, a cassette that, that Deepak had put together. And she said, you know, she went to him and said, this could make a, a, the beginnings of a book. And so that's, and, you know, Deepak being Deepak, he's open to possibilities. And so he, he agreed to, you know, see what would happen. And that, created a book called Creating Affluence, and then that led to Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. So yeah, it was it was the gumption of Janet Mills that really led to that and, and Deepak's openness and willingness to sort of potentially anger his 
his editors at, <laughs> at Random House, but <laughs> it's all I'm sure his agent the at the time didn't like the idea. Yeah, yeah. So um, Eckhart Tolle, you know, I I, I give I have to give Mark a lot of credit on this one. Um, the uh, Power of Now was originally uh, published by a very small. Um, I mean, it was almost self-published in Canada um, and started getting word of mouth. Our uh, one of our distributors in Canada who, who uh, distributes into the sort of new age bookstores book and spiritual bookstores, uh, Dempsey, uh, Barbara Dempsey, saw that this book was getting, you know, starting to get some word of mouth. Um, she sent a copy to us and, you know, I read, I, I think I told Phil this story. I read a little bit of it and I thought, wow, this is good. I, you know, we should, we should jump on this. But as we, we circulate books within our acquisitions committee, Mark, our publisher, read part of it and picked up the phone immediately and made an offer. And he's never done this before or since, uh, but he knew that this book was special. And I have to admit that I thought it was a little bit too difficult to be a real bestseller, but he was right. I was wrong. And it's, it's a, you know, it's an amazing uh, testament to Eckhart's um his, his sort of vision and his, his writing ability to be the his ability to sort of convey the ideas that he does in such a clear way that, uh, you know, that book we've sold something like 5 million copies and we're selling more copies now than we were even a few years ago. Wow. Um, you know, it's something that we've over the, during the pandemic, um, book sales, you know, our, our backlist, the books that we, you know, that sell year over year have increased in sales because people really need these, these ideas right now. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm curious, uh, you've been at this for 25 plus years and uh, you mentioned you, 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 one of the books at Eckhart Tolle, you thought maybe there was something there. Uh, what do you look for? What catches you? What, uh, what, you're obviously very good at this and very experienced at it. Uh, I, I might read a book and think, boy, this is great. And nobody else would want it. Or this is terrible and everybody wants to buy it. <laughs> what, I, I, I'm really not the one, the one to talk to. Uh, <laughs> my tastes <laughs> are often run different than other people. But um, what do you look for? What, what is it? Is it just intuitive or are there specific things you look for when, when uh, evaluating whether a book is going to be selling or not, well or not? Yeah, you know, I mean, I do think there is a certain amount of intuition. And I also think that, you know, no one knows anything in the, in the end. I mean, we certainly have books that we think are going to be fantastic, you know, sellers, and they end up being total flops. And we have books that we ex have modest expectations for that end up being strong sellers. So, but, but, you know, what we, you know, agents are always asking me, what are you guys looking for right now? And we really don't, you know, we try not to follow trends or we really look at, at books individually and authors individually. Now, obviously, you know, the, the dreaded P word, the platform is, is what you know, we are always talking about with authors. Their, their ability to reach an audience is, is more important than ever. Um, so, you know, what, you know, whether it's social media platform or, or, you know, their, their workshop schedule and, and, you know, their mailing list and, and, the evidence that there's already an audience for, for a book that where an author's already reaching an audience that obviously is very important for our kind of book, because we don't, 
we're not always, you know, we're rarely going to get a review in the New York Times book review, even though that doesn't sell books anymore as much as it used to. But, you know, traditional book reviews, that's not our kind of books don't typically get those. So, you know, reaching their their ability to reach an audience is extremely important. Um, you know, a lot of times it's about the idea because, you know, we have, you know, we're editors, we have outside edit, you know, we have a, a group of freelancers we've worked with for decades, worked with for decades who are really great. And we can, we can get a book into good shape and so it reads well. And so it's really about the idea and, um, and, and the author's voice. I mean, that, that definitely makes a difference, but you know, there are books that are really about the author, you know, about the writing quality. And then there are books that are really about the idea and the, and the sort of the teacher's audience. So, yeah. Jason, in the years uh, you've been uh, at this, what, on a personal level, what are the lessons you've learned about life and spirituality from your authors, from working with them? What, what, how has it affected you on a personal level, other than this is how you make your living. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I feel very lucky to have uh, have had this career. I mean, I you know, it, it's always incredible to get emails. Uh, you know, authors will often forward emails they get from readers about the the influence these books have had on their lives. And we really, you know, our tagline is books that change lives. We really do have seen that, uh, you know, where we've, you know, people who are having hard times, people who, um, you know, we're, these books are often able to shift people's perspectives. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very, um, I feel very grateful to have a job that does matter in that way. And, and you know, not all books are that way. Um, you know, sometimes we publish books that, that we think are going to sell, but we always try to have, you know, we always, we, we have to believe in our books and uh, you know, I mean, in terms of what it's, uh, how it's affected me personally, I think um, you know, I've been exposed to a lot of different ideas. Some I think are more um, they connect with me more personally than, than others. Um, you know, like I said, you know, if, if the books that I love don't, aren't always big sellers, you know, I, I sort of, there are lots of, wonderful books that I've published that I, you know, where the writing's wonderful and I, you know, I wish they had reached a bigger audience. Um, but, you know, I, I think in terms of, of giving me, uh, you know, learning about meditation, um, sort of kind of constantly refocusing my attention back to things that matter. Um, you know, I think that's what our books can do ultimately is like, cause we're always in the process of forgetting and getting caught up in our, you know, daily craziness. And so, you know, just as, as reading spiritual books, you know, people who love to read spiritual books, I, I get the same pleasure and enjoyment and, and grat gratification from the books that, uh, you know, from working on them. So, uh, yeah, along those lines, you, you had mentioned earlier, I believe that, uh, you were specifically interested in, in environmental issues as are uh, many of us these days, much more so than ever before, for good reason. Yeah. Uh, have you noticed that more of the bo books that would be categorized as spiritual that you encounter incorporate issues uh, in regard to the environment and the relationship of spirituality 
to uh, being responsible toward our environment? Yes, I would say, you know, books on the environment have always been a very difficult sell. I mean, uh, from the beginning, I mean, there are lots of books that I would have liked to acquire that, that just is too difficult to sort of reach an audience. Um, but that has changed. I mean, people are much more, um, I'd say, aware of and open to uh, books on the environment than, than they were. It's still a challenge, um, you know, because especially if you're talking about something that's, uh, you know, pe people do not want to buy books for the most part that are downers, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that, that is, I mean, obviously there are books that, that have done really well on climate change that are ex extreme downers, but they're very publicity driven. And, um, you know, so I would say, I mean, th those are the kind of um, books that I love the bet the most are where I, there's a personal aspect where people can really sort of uh, embrace the, um, something personally that they can grow personally from the book, but there's also an aspect of social change. You know, I, and bringing those two things together have always been sort of a personal goal of mine. Um, I feel like um, it's, it's a great challenge getting book, books on social change and environmental change that actually sell. Um, I, you know, 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, I went to a, a conference that uh, one of my dear late authors, Wayne Teasdale, uh, who I know you guys have talked about, um, he organized, it was the synthesis dialogues with His Holiness, the Dalai Lama and in India, and, um, you know, brought together a lot of people. Uh, and it was sort of, I realized that from the beginning, it was sort of these two camps. There were sort of the, the spirituality, personal growth people, and then there was the social change people, and they were not talking to each other, really. It was this... Right. And I, and I thought, okay, you know, bringing these two groups of people together and, and really trying to meld these, these visions, I think is, is what it's all about. And sometimes, you know, you have to kind of sneak the social change into the book with the promise of the personal change at the forefront. So um, that, uh, if I may uh, comment that, what you observed in that regard is something I and many other uh, observers of the spiritual scene have been advocating for a long time. And, and uh, one of our uh, popular guests on, on the show, Marianne Williamson was in the forefront of, of trying to bring those worlds together. And that's a trend I've seen develop over the years. Uh, as sitting where you are in, in publishing, where you, you uh, either publish or hear from uh, a lot of leaders in the world of uh, contemporary spirituality. Uh, what other trends have you observed over the, the 25 years? And I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna squeeze in another related question, which is when people talk about publishing houses like New World or Sounds True or some of the other small Presses, they call them new age publishers. How do you feel about that term? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. So when I first, you know, when I first started working with New World, I, I think we probably were much more of a new age publisher. Um, you know, certainly a lot of our early titles were what you would consider new age books. Um, you know, 
now I think we we have such a varied list and we have everybody from Mother Teresa to, you know, to people like Wayne. And, you know, so we've, we've covered the, the, the wide gamut of spirituality and and other topics as well under the rubric of books that are really going to help people. Um, you know, I, I'm not I've certainly there are aspects of new age thought that I obviously really embrace and there are aspects that I don't embrace, you know, personally. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think as a, as a Gen Xer, uh, it's not a, a, a term that I think my generation appeals to my generation for the most part. It's much more of a baby boomer uh, a term. And so I think it's just sort of gone out of favor and, and, you know, now it's just that those ideas have been incorporated into the mainstream and they've been yeah. incorporated into spirituality in general. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, in terms of trends, I, uh, I think some things come and go, but, you know, I mean, the same, same, those, some of the new age books that were selling back in, in the eighties are still selling now. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, I think a lot of these things are sort of perennial, um, you know, I, I, I hope that we are seeing uh, that that engagement with social change. I have a book coming out actually today um, called Sit Down to Rise Up by Shelley Tegelski, um, who's someone who's really, she has affected huge social change. And from the perspective of a mindfulness teacher, and the book is really about how sort of personal, you know, personal practice, self-care, uh, mindfulness can have this ripple effect that goes out and actually does change things in, to, in the wider society. And I think that inevitably has to be the sort of trend that we're, we're that, that we take as, as publisher and as a society, because, you know, I, obviously things do need to change. Um, so I think those, I think books that address that are, are increasingly popular and I hope they will be. I, I had one last question, uh, Jason, and, and actually you've answered it in part in what in the answer you just gave, but uh, have you over the years picked up on uh, early stages of trends in terms of where people's interests are going? Maybe there's some changes, uh, maybe the environment becomes more important, uh, economics become more important, uh, uh, politics become more important, even in relation to uh, uh, a publishing house that focuses on uh, spirituality and, and that goes in that direction. Uh, are you picking up on any trends now? I mean, there's great division in the country and I'm wondering yeah. if any of the books that are coming out are, uh, uh, addressing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say that I really, um, you know, I mean, in terms of like, am I picking up on trends? I, I am seeing a huge, we are seeing a huge amount of interest in the kind of books that we publish and, I, I mean, that there are periods of in time, you know, I, my wife works for New Harbinger Publications, which is a, another seven, you know, Bay Area published from the 70s that, that does, they focus on self-help and, and psychology books. And, you know, both of our companies are doing really well right now because people are having a hard time, you know, and, you know, it's like when, when things are hard, our books sell. And um, so, you know, clearly, I think people are having a hard time. And, uh, you know, I think it's, you know, it's, it's gratifying to be able to work in a uh, 
you know, work for a publisher, work in a work in an industry where we can offer things that will help people. Um, you know, I in terms of where, what this means for uh, our divided country, I I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I you know, it's it, it's clear that we're we're sort of speaking to one side of the audience, uh, you know, one side of this divide, and not right. you know, I would love to to somehow enlarge that so to reach other people from different perspectives but i you know i think we suffer from the polarization that that our country suffers from nobody's found that formula formula yet yet. no no um i have one uh, other question for you jason uh you mentioned wayne teasdale a couple of times um i'm not sure how many of our viewers and listeners know who Wayne was. Uh, he was not only a dear soul, I think he was an important figure in contemporary f- spirituality <clears throat> who passed uh, much too early. Um, yeah. uh, I th- he was probably poised to be an important leader at that time and people are trying to carry on his work. Can you tell us something about Wayne and, and uh, the work of his that you published? Yeah, so I, I uh, did a book called The Mystic Heart uh, initially with him in 1999. Um, you know, Wayne was a, a, a figure in the sort of ecumenical world religions uh, realm. And his, his personal path was um, he had studied with Bede Griffiths in India and bringing um, sort of his, his personal path was, path was the the way of the Christian sannyasi, so bringing Hinduism and Christianity together. Um, And that sort of, you know, effort to create sort of a a universal spirituality or or to find the commonalities between the world's religions. Um, You know, I, I ended up doing several books with Wayne before he passed away. And we did some other books that sort of in that realm. And, and uh, you know, I think, was really something that that uh, his his vision of, of bringing people together, you know, he he used to do these dialogues with the, the Dalai Lama's brother, um, Tenzin Chogyal, and that were really hilarious, rollicking, fun. Uh, you know, humor humor was a huge part of of Wayne's uh, you know his daily <laughs> practice and himself, <laughs> and, and so. Um, he was, he was, I mean, he, he did a reading at my wedding. Uh, you know, I, I got to be close friends with him fairly quickly because he was that kind of person who was very, so open and and wonderful. So. And he coined the term interspirituality, which, uh, I, I hope will catch on more and more. Yeah. uh, This is the mystic. There it is. (laughs) Hold it back. See, you still, can see, I, I, I had I had it tabbed a lot for my own research. Great yeah, cover. That's great. And uh, I was honored when he endorsed one of my books. And he, he so I'm glad you we could pay a little tribute to him and and the Mystic Heart. Yes. And I, you know, I want to say, Phil, that I really um, you know, I I was really happy the way you were you talked about him in your book, American Beta. Um, and you know Russell Paul, who's one of his good friends. Right, I mentioned him, and <clears throat> and of course uh, Joseph Campbell. Which uh, right, I, I remember noting that the collection that you were publishing, the, the name of the collection, was that Thou Art That, 
or that thou art yeah thou art that was the was the first one yes and which uh, for the listeners is uh, the famous maxim or mahavakya of uh, the upanishads that in sanskrit is tattvam asi and uh, that it it became the name of joseph campbell's collected works was was very meaningful uh, yes it was the first and it's well it was the first book of the collected collected works and uh, it's actually a book that's mostly about judeo christian traditions but but drawing on you know campbell's great knowledge of of the world's traditions and and drawing on the you know uh, pulling, showing the commonalities between the traditions. Yeah. That's great. And, and um, I think that's one of the functions that New World and other uh, publishers of spiritual books are doing is bringing out this sort of perennial uh, commonality. As is Spirit Matters thought. That's what we And do. Spirit Matters. Absolutely. You guys are doing a great job. <laughs> Amazing you, all the people you've had on this. Uh, thanks for being with us. Great, really enjoyed and, it. I learned a lot. I don't know much about the publishing end, so it's yeah, great. To me. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Well, it's great talking with you guys. I, I appreciate great. it. Okay, take good care and keep up the good work. And we'll we'll be having more of New World uh, authors on in the coming months. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. Keep sending us press releases. Oh, we will. We will. And, and books. <laughs> okay. Take care. Thank you.